Hey, it's time for the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop, this time with Alice Drager. She's an historian of medicine and science, best known for her study and activism in support of people born with atypical sex disorders. Alice Drager famously resigned from Northwestern University after her complaints that the administration's censored academic work went unheeded. Here she is. This is the 10 Minutes Writer's Workshop with Alice Drager. Alice, what do you think is harder to write? Is it the first sentence for you or the last? Oh, man, that's difficult. <laughs> I think maybe the first sentence is harder because I married a guy who double majored in chemistry and English, and he insists on really outstanding first lines. He he holds up the best lines out of literature and makes me match them. So I think it's harder because by the time he's gotten to the end, he's pretty satisfied. But at the beginning, he wants a terrific line. So that's a pretty heavy standard. It is. And actually, I hear from people that they love my opening lines, but that's because they're written 10,000 times over. <laughs> so do you usually edit as you go or do you wait until the end and why? It really depends on what I'm working on. But a book like this was edited over and over and over again because it's really hard to tell a lot of different complicated stories and also make it narrative such that people can follow it. So in this case, uh, I wrote stuff and then rewrote it and rewrote it many times in some cases. And in some cases, I got it nailed on the first try, which was nice. Would you like me to read the opening line of this book? Please do. Soon enough, I will get to the death threats, the sex charges, the alleged genocides, the epidemics, the alien abductees, the anti-lesbian drug, the unethical ethicists, the fight with Martina Navratilova, and of course, Galileo's middle finger. I would read the rest of that book. <laughs> <laughs> the next line is, but first I have to tell you a little bit about how I got into this mess. How much research do you have to do before you start? I'm a historian, and historians find that you could never end in terms of research. You can always ask the next, well, why did that happen? Well, why did that happen? Well, why did that happen? But eventually you have to reach a point where you have to tell the story. So I keep researching until I think I've got a really good sense of the truth of the story, and then when I've got enough to tell the story well. What is your personal worst distraction from getting your work done? Twitter. <laughs> Social media, I think. Because it can be really fun to write something really short in 140 characters or less and get immediate feedback that people think you're funny or smart or interesting or that you said something outrageous. So part of the problem with writing is having to remember to be lonely, to go into my writing cottage, which is in my backyard, and to be alone and shut down everything and just be alone with the computer, be alone with words. So are there personal habits that you'd encourage other writers, maybe aspiring writers, to take up or avoid to be more productive? One of the things that I find really helps is if I schedule downtime. So I think writers have a tendency to schedule uptime, that is work time, but they don't have a tendency to schedule downtime. And if you schedule downtime, what you do is actually rest appropriately. And that's so important to writing. So a lot of my writing occurs when I'm running or swimming or biking or sleeping. And I think it's really important to have organized downtime. The other thing that I do for myself in terms of my writing is that I use a piece of music um, tied to each piece of writing that I'm doing. And I play the same music over and over and over again while I'm working on that piece. And that means that when I have to do distractions like go deal with the delivery at our house or help my son with his homework or do whatever it is, when I come back, I immediately play that music and it helps my mind get right back into that narrative. Besides music, are there books that you would recommend that people read or maybe pick up a, or other tools to learn about writing? Actually, the book I really love is by my agent, Betsy Lerner. It's called The Forest for the Trees, and it's about writers and the ways in which we self-defeat. And it's also about sort of writing as a profession. 
And I think it's a really great book for helping you think about yourself as a writer. She doesn't assume all writers are the same, but she assumes writers have certain patterns in which they kind of engage in self-defeat. And she's working on kind of helping you get past those. So I love that piece. Um, I also personally really love the Winnie the Pooh stories as a way to think about writing, because I think in the Winnie the Pooh stories, you get almost every character you encounter in real life. And so it really helps me as a writer think about how to treat the different characters of the world humanely as you're doing nonfiction, because everybody in Winnie the Pooh has a character flaw, and yet A. Milne treats them all with such delicacy that I really love the way he, he shows you how to treat people well. Do you have a character, a Winnie the Pooh character, that you most associate with yourself? Definitely rabbit. <laughs> and my husband jokes that I'm definitely a rabbit. He's kind of a Christopher Robin. He's very upstanding. Um, but I'm the kind of busy person who rushes around all the time and tries to fix everything and tries to get everybody organized and typically doesn't see what an idiot I'm being. So <laughs> there's one um, one very funny story that begins, Rabbit and Piglet were sitting outside of Pooh's house listening to Rabbit. <laughs> I think that's the perfect example of how I talk too much. Thinking back to when you were a new writer, thinking about writing your first book, what do you think is the most common mistake that new writers make? In terms of mistakes that writers make, I think one big mistake they make is not not thinking enough about audience, so not thinking about enough about what the reader needs from you. I think one tendency we have is we have a story to tell, and so we're going to tell that story, and we don't think enough about the needs of the reader. So I try really hard to think a lot about what my reader needs from me and to take it away from myself and try as much as possible to be the venue through which the voice speaks as opposed to somebody who's lecturing. What's the best advice on writing that you ever received? Well, you know, what we always tell writers is write what you know. And as a consequence, if you take that very seriously, it helps you be brave in the world. So I think the best advice is to take that advice seriously, that old advice, write what you know, and to recognize that you'll be a better writer if you have more difficulty in life, more joy in life, more of everything in life. So being open to all of those different things in the world allows you to then achieve a different level of writing. It, it gets to the point, and I certainly experienced it with this book, with Galileo's Middle Finger, where the book writes you. And that's a really interesting way to experience the world. I think that's something that writers get to do, and it's a level of pleasure very few other people get to experience. Do you have a fantasy job other than writing? I don't think of writing as a job. <laughs> well, if you weren't a writer, what do you think you'd want to be? Well, one thing I would love to do if somebody gave me a million dollars to set up a foundation would be to do work I've done in the past, which is to um, write the stories of people who have been through trauma. And I've done that some in the past where I've, I've been introduced through various systems to people who have been specifically through medical traumas. And I've sat down with them and taken down their stories and looked at their medical records and looked at the history of their condition and how it was treated. And I've written short histories for them that are histories very specific to them and very specific to their own personal circumstances. And these are not published. They're just private histories done for people as a service to help them deal with their trauma. And I would love to do more of that because it's so incredibly interesting and meaningful. And it really feels like a gift. I mean, a gift to me as much as a gift to them. Well, what a gift to talk to you, Alice Dreger. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Virginia. Alice Drager, author most recently of Galileo's Middle Finger and former professor of clinical medical humanities and bioethics at Northwestern University. The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is a production of NHPR. This episode was produced by Sarah Plourd. To hear a variety of authors, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audioboom. And if you appreciate the advice and encouragement, please write a review so others can find us.